I saw okay? him on the Bill Maher show say the words, we need to end the war on drugs now. Yeah. He said that. He said that on Bill Maher. Well, guess what? Bring it to the GOP debate stage. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. Welcome back, gang, to another episode of the Lions of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 140. You can find the show notes for today's show at lionsofliberty.com slash 140. Before I get into things, I want to quickly remind you about our awesome sponsors at libertymaniacs.com. They have so much kick-ass liberty and satirical gear, especially for election season. You can check out their electoral dysfunction section. And listeners of the show can get a 10% discount off your entire order by using the discount code LIONSOFLIBERTY. That's libertymaniacs.com. And now we're going to get into the show, which is, of course, not a normal edition of the show. Although it's becoming more normal because we've been doing these episodes a bit more frequently lately. But this is, of course, another edition of... Rand Pluses and Minuses. Rand Pluses and Minuses. And, of course, I couldn't do that without our resident Rand Paul aficionado, expert, uh, connoisseur, if you will, Mr. Brian McWilliams. Welcome Hello. back. You, know, you, give, you give me too much credit. You could do these shows well enough on your own, I'm sure, just I talking could. to a wall, mumbling incoherently as you're drinking. That is actually what I do for a lot of it. So. And, we, and we are drinking for this rare uh, Rand Pluses and Minuses. We are. And, you know, we don't normally have adult beverages during these shows. But, uh, you know, we were originally hoping to record an episode of Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor later this week to cover the GOP debate. We're not going to be able to get that together because, hey, we're libertarians. We don't follow authority. <laughs> no, but And mostly because, you know, we're busy people and couldn't quite get our schedules together the night of the, of the debate. We will uh, have a session next week talking about that with a, with a very special guest that we're going to line up that I'm going to keep a mystery for now. But uh, look forward to that. But we are drinking, and there's a reason because a good fan of this show, Mr. Blaine Stancil of the Rough Tail Brewing Company... Yes. Sent us some beers to try, and they are delicious. They, they, they are. They, thank you very much, Blaine. So we just want to give him a quick shout out because I'm drinking some twelfth round ale right now, which is yummy, yummy. And what are you drinking? There? I am drinking the Polar Night Stout, and you can find his. By the way, you can find it at RoughTailBeer.com. RoughTailBeer.com, guys. And uh, you know what I like about we are about not this? being paid for that, by the way. No. I'm just telling you because we like it and it's delicious. We're hoping Blaine will make enough money someday to send us Yet. a check. <laughs> Fat check. Uh, no, but you know what's cool about this? I like the best is that he's got food pairings on the back. Yeah, this is cuisine, really, he really goes into cheese, depth. meat, dessert, nicely done. This and also, cool. uh, I'm a man, it's, this is, you know, it's good. I'm not a big hops guy, but I know every uh, everyone with a handlebar mustache that is around these days <laughs> is. But he's got on the side different things that say maltiness, bitterness, aroma, sweetness, different ratings on a rating scale. So people like me can look at it. Uh, and decide run, if run it has scared. a level of hoppiness that right, you're yeah. comfortable with. And decide right. if it's too terrifying for me to buy at a Whole Foods or yes. where. I, if I find where it's sold, don't quote me on the Whole Foods. Yes. All right, it's, I don't know if it's at Whole Foods, but maybe after the show, after John Mackey listens to the show, I'm sure he does, a, a noted libertarian, the uh, the guy who runs Whole Foods. So maybe maybe this could work out. Damn well right, and he'll have us to thank. All right, so so if we get a little, if we are a little sloppier than normal, you know, by the end of the show, you'll know why. It's because of the strength of this beer. So thank you, Blaine. But uh, yeah, of course, I've been out of Dodge for, for about 10 days or so. I was just up in Maine hanging out where Rand Paul actually was while I was there. But I was fishing on a lake, and he was, you know, at a... You know, some kind of presidential gathering. So oh, we didn't, we didn't cross paths. So there's a lot of libertarians up there. Ron Paul did uh, traditionally very well in Maine. 
Yeah, I think Maine is one caucus he was supposed to win. Yeah. But they shut it down and all sorts of shenanigans. I believe you actually wrote about that four years ago. I believe I Maybe did I'll as well. even link to it in the show notes for the show, which you can find at lionsofliberty.com slash 140. Bingo. Now, what's been going on? I don't know. I've been out of town. Yeah, I, I keep hearing this. I keep hearing things about this Kim Davis lady, and I know Rand made some statements that you disagreed with about her, so why don't we get into that first? But first, just give the quick 30 second elevator speech about who Kim Davis is, what exactly happened here, and uh, you know what, what's Rand's statement on, on the issue? Surely. So here's the breakdown. Uh, people of the world probably know about this story by now, but Kim Davis is a county clerk in Kentucky. And what happened was Kim Davis is working at a county clerk uh, desk. (laughs) And it's her job to essentially do, among other things, issue marriage licenses to everybody, to uh, to straight people, to interracial couples, but also legally. Whoa, whoa, interracial couples? What year is this? Oh, it's 2015. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. Well, go ahead. We had been doing a little time machine thing. but uh, (laughs) No, so she's, you know, that's her job. It's constitutionally so. In addition to these, she also has to give marriage licenses to gay couples now because it is completely legal. It's been ratified by the Supreme Court. It is constitutional right. So a gay couple or gay couples, I think there might have been several at this point and probably more as the uh, the word spread that tried to get their marriage licenses, would go in. Kim Davis would say, nope, but not giving it to you. I'm already going to stop you, though, because that's not completely accurate because... She did turn down gay couples, but she also turned down straight couples. So she's doing that so she can say she's not discriminating. Right. Yeah, but she I is know. she we're... is doing it in protest of the Supreme Court ruling. Precisely. She's not doing it just to, just to do it. She's doing it to make well, a no. statement that she's not going to sign. And she said she was, she'd be happy to hand them a marriage license, but she wouldn't sign her name on it because it offends her religious beliefs. Which is fine. Which is fine. You don't have to believe in gay marriage. You can think that that gays are sinners and they're going to hell and you don't want anything, any part of it. But you cannot do that when you take a job working for the government, which has to respect everyone's rights on an equal playing field. Okay. Especially when it's just been ratified by the Supreme Court. So so that, what did young Randy Pants say about this? That being said... Rand and, Paul, and I call him young Randy Pants because even though he's a 50-year-old man... I'm comparing him to Ron, who is like in right, his 80s. So he's still young, Randy Pants. That's why he's hashtag Randy Pants. Don't forget that hashtag, guys. Ron Paul's very young at heart. Rand, Rand Paul's just young and everything else. So, yeah, so Rand Paul basically came out. He had several interviews on it, and he said that he objected to her being sent to jail. This is right after she went to prison, uh, and which I do think was, uh, was wrong. I think that was a, a, an overextension of power by the judge to send her to jail. However, yeah, I mean, can't we just say, like, you can't Well, the people are asking for a fine. I think, I think it's a tough situation because I, I guess the goal, I mean, I don't like that she's put in jail, especially because it made her, like, a martyr for these right, crazy exactly Christian wackos. Right. And I'm not calling all Christians wackos. I'm, I've am i seen Christians call some of these people crazy Christian wackos. Hell, so. I've seen a lot of libertarian wackos. Yeah, all there's wackos in, in everything. But um, it's kind of hard because if you're not sending her to jail, you're letting you can't remove her from the job because she's an elected official. She's not she didn't just apply for this job and fill out a job application and get hired. So she can't be fired. She's an elected official. So she'd have to be recalled right. by the Senate or by the Congress or, or impeached a by, by a vote. Impeaching. Something like that, yeah. And that, that process takes months. So if they actually wanted to get the marriage licenses going, the only way it was to physically remove her from her position. Now, I still don't think that's the right way to go about it. I don't like sending her to jail, especially because, look, now she's a martyr. Now she's coming out to Survivor. Did you see this? She came out of her press conference to the song Eye of the Tiger by Survivor wow, with Mike awful. Huckabee, who said, I would go to jail in place of Kim Davis any day. And to that I say... Go and get in there, Mikey. Get yeah. into jail. Keep making, open up another spot on that debate stage. How, how, which, how might, many, which might actually matter for Rand. We'll how many voicemails do you think from Ann Coulter she has on her phone? 
I, I would say at least 442. Do you know who Ann Coulter is? I do. I just didn't think she was like crazy Christian right. Ann I think Coulter. she's just like a neocon. She's this huge neocon. Well, that goes uh, part and parcel with being religious. I'll get her right. on the show and ask her. Yeah, please. Are so. you a crazy she's neocon or down. a crazy Christian rightist? She's Which never one? turned down a media opportunity. Please, care. please clarify. But, so yeah, so Kim Nis, exactly, has become a big martyr. But Rand said, you know, well, I don't think she should have gone to jail, which I agree with, and, you know, indefinite detention, etc. Which basically is what happens when you're found in, uh, in contempt of court. That's a whole other issue for another day. But... He said that he supported her religious rights. He, he, he thought that she was, you know, basically said that she was, uh, she had a right to make this stand and that she should not be fired and she should not, you know, should not have to resign or any of this other stuff. And that I took umbrage with because she cannot expect to do this job where she's an elected official for the state, which has promised equality to everybody, and then take the stance, which is very personal uh, religious belief. And when you think about it, look, the government exist it's supposed to exist anyway apart from religion completely because there's multiple religions this this country was essentially founded on the belief that you need to have uh, a freedom to practice religion in any way you want and so we can't have including somebody, not practicing including it. not practicing it right and so you can't have somebody sit in a government office and say well i believe that god's god's authority is higher than the state so i'm not going to give you a marriage license and, and i'm even fine with her believing that but if that's the case don't work for the state. Right, precisely. <laughs> there was a guy that commented on, uh, we, you know, I, obviously we write these stories for consumption, people, oh. and you can find them at lionsofliberty.com. Where can you find Ram. Oh, yeah, he nailed yeah, it. Yeah, I was trying to this. even set you up. Lionsofliberty.com slash Ram for the full Ram Pluses and Minuses article archive, of course, which is published every Tuesday at lionsofliberty.com, and these podcast editions are published sporadically, but uh, we may have an announcement about that soon as well, but yeah. that's a little teaser for you. Yes, but so, yeah, I think this wasn't even on our own website, actually, but it was on uh, another website that typically will share content there fairly often uh, named Popular Liberty. It was a big big website that we started posting on previously. The Daily Paul. The Daily Paul. Yeah, the Daily Paul, which is where a lot of us got a lot of our earlier ideas before we started Lions of Liberty. So, I posted it there, but somebody said that, you know, basically people had given up their right because they went and said, you know, okay, well, yes, we were going to be sanctioned by the government. So we have, therefore, they don't deserve to have the rights because they went through the government to get the rights, which I thought was the most ridiculous argument possible, considering the fact that Kim Davis, then by the same token, has given up her right to be able to discriminate on a religious basis by choosing to work for that same government. There you go. So I just don't see any way you can really defend this position. Well... Obviously, there are people that do. <laughs> and libertarians um, that do, too. Well, that, yeah. They're saying that everything, you know, Rand Paul's so right about this, and I just don't get how it's possible. Well, I'll tell you how it's possible. Because, and this is something that I've had an issue with in the past, and this is what kind of came up on, on Popular Liberty today. And basically, what some people will take is they'll take the constitutional position, and they'll say, well, you know, the Supreme Court isn't, doesn't write law. And that's correct. They don't. They don't write laws. But they do rule on the constitutionality of laws. So they have ruled that it is unconstitutional to discriminate against gay couples by only providing marriage licenses to straight couples, to a man and a woman. They're not saying you have to issue marriage licenses as a state policy. But if you're going to, as every single state and municipality does, you can't discriminate. You have to, any two people that come up that want to get married, you have to, you know, have to give it to them. At the same time, Supreme Court 
gives an opinion, a ruling on law, but they don't physically actually change the law. So the argument of some would be, well, I've seen two different arguments. One, that, you know, Kentucky state law doesn't allow for gay marriage, and, you know, the law hasn't changed, so she's still following the law, even though she's not even giving them to straight people either. And the other argument being, well, nullification, nullify now. You know, she nullified the Supreme Court ruling by standing up for her constitutional right to, you know, have states' powers or whatever. People saying basically these these powers are outside the realm of the straw federal man. government. That's a straw man argument, though, because she's not standing up for states' rights. She's standing up for her own right to have... It's her First Amendment right to, be, to believe in what she wants to believe. And that does not... Your First Amendment right can't trump someone else's right to equality under the law. Well... So, I mean, if people, look, people can invent arguments all day and, and extend this into different realms of, of reality that aren't actually happening. I mean, look, if we're going to invent pretend arguments around the whole situation, we can do that. I, I agree with you. I could, I could find a way that Kim Davis could be right by, you know, again, by looking at states' rights and something like that. Yes, you can extend it, but at the end of the day, she is not arguing for states' rights. She's just, uh, she's a religious nut who, uh, who By the way, she's a Democrat. With all these religious rightists gathering around her, people don't realize she's a Democrat. She's a registered Democrat. I don't know if you've seen the way she braids her hair, but Democrats don't braid their hair like that. <laughs> oh, boy. I haven't really, I haven't really paid much attention to her braids, to be honest. Um, but, I mean, okay, so it comes to this nullification argument and this, um, uh, this is a problem I have with constitutional arguments. Like, you might be able to interpret the Constitution to say that the federal government has no right to rule on the issue of marriage. You can say that that should be a state's issue because the Tenth Amendment is not listed in there. You know, I'm not a constitutional expert uh, or anything like that. We need Rico. We do. We need We need our legal counsel. We'll, maybe we'll get him on. Hey, let, me, let me call him up real quick. ICO. Just kidding. That's too hard. Um, but what was I saying? See this beer? <laughs> already, it's already impacted us. You're yeah. talking about how you're not a constitutional scholar, and but oh, right. and, and you have an issue with constitutional arguments because there, because people, a lot of people call it a libertarian document. It's not a libertarian document. There's libertarian esque things in it. There's many good things in the Constitution. Like I think the Bill of Rights is generally mostly good. Um, the Fourth Amendment, uh, First Amendment, all of these things like are pretty good things. The Second Amendment, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, the Second Amendment as well. We'll get to that. Um, but they're not good because they're in the Constitution. You see what I'm saying? The Constitution is not a binding agreement. That's it's very good it, point. It, it's not something we all agreed to. Even you know Tom Woods talks about the social contract and how that's not legitimate. Well, the Constitution's the same thing. It's not. It's not an agreement between actual people. It's something that the founders of this country came up with on their own and then applied it to the rest of the country. Now, the things that are good in there, we should support. So, Second Amendment for pretty much the whole Bill of Rights, we should support. But. To me, the issue of rights, of individual rights, and having a conception about that, to me, that should supersede the Constitution. And nullification should go either way. If the Constitution, I mean, the Constitution recognizes slavery. So are you supposed to go, all right, well, hey, slavery's in the Constitution, so it should be fine. Even if, and you can use that state's rights argument to say, well, all right, what if Kentucky, I just, I don't want to pick on Kentucky. I'm not saying they would enact slavery if it was okay. But what if a state says, well, you know, we want to enact slavery again. I mean, it's, it's state's rights, 10th Amendment. I know there's been the 14th Amendment and all these other, I'm not saying that could actually happen or occur in our current society, because obviously that wouldn't go over, you know, with, with our present mindset. But that's because people realized that slavery was wrong. And, and slavery's been repealed, and now slavery is something that can never happen. At least not in a legal sense of the word. 
So we have to separate what's constitutional from from right and wrong. So the, and this brought me back to an interview I did with Tom Woods, and I will post that interview here. I've, I've been meaning to clip off this one clip for so long, so maybe I'll actually get around to that. And even Tom Woods said, and when he posted the interview, he's gracious enough to use this interview uh, as an episode of his show. And I asked him the question, "Well, Tom, you know, you're a big fan of nullification. You think states should have have rights?" And your those rights should necessarily supersede the rights of the federal government due to the Constitution. And that's a separate argument from, you know, he doesn't believe in states, he's an anarchist, but just in this current context, he believes that. So my question to him was, let's say the federal government legalized marijuana. They ended the war on drugs. They said, you know what, we're wrong. We, we realized our, the error of our ways, everybody, and we are no longer going to uh, make marijuana illegal. We are not going to jail people for it. It's completely legal, and drug war's over, guys. But now you got maybe Idaho or uh, Oklahoma. I don't want to pick on Blaine State. He's making fine beer there. Whatever. <laughs> pick a random state that says, screw you, feds. We still think that marijuana is wrong. We're going to put people in jail. We're going to violate their rights for having marijuana. Now, if these people that are defending Kim Davis want to be consistent, they need to agree that that's fine and right. That Idaho should nullify the federal government by putting people in jail and making marijuana illegal. And they should have the right, quote unquote, to do that. Well, I think that's ridiculous because if something is wrong, it's wrong. If something's wrong for the federal government to do, if it's wrong for the federal government to put people in jail for marijuana, it has to be wrong for the states to do it, regardless of what constitutional you know, trivialities we want to pick out of it. So if we're going to be consistent as libertarians, you need to actually stand up for right and wrong. Not say, well, this is wrong, but in the Constitution, states have the right to do it, so blah, blah, blah. And that's my summary of my, my conversation with that, because it's just, you know, everyone wants to say, but the Constitution, but the Constitution. And my response is, screw the Constitution, if we're talking about right and wrong. And frankly, there's nothing in the Constitution about drugs either way. So yeah, wow. you, can, you can say it's left to the states, but to me, it, it, you don't get to violate rights as part of states' rights, you know? And if you have a, a conception of individual rights, and you don't think somebody should be assaulted for owning a plant, well, then you have to be opposed to that no matter who's doing it. And I think most people listening are opposed to that, but they should equally be opposed to marriage discrimination. Now, these, these aren't the same things, exactly, and it's a more complicated issue because in a free society, in a truly free society, there would be no drug laws, really, ever. I mean, communities could bar drugs from their neighborhoods and that sort of thing, and that's all well and good. Well, of course, there'd also be no marriage licenses, essentially. Right. Or, be private or, contracts like Rand Paul wants, which we exactly. both agree with is a good idea. <laughs> and that's where I was going with it. Oh, good. So, well, yeah. keep, well, continue, sir. No, no, I'm there. <laughs> I got, you got me all the way. You pulled me into the boat. <laughs> So, I mean, I agree with that part of what Rand said. and uh, But you thought that his stance basically more in favor of Kim Davis was enough to land Whoa. him a... Minus! Minus for Rand! And, you know what, uh, even though I don't necessarily agree with word for word with your breakdown of, of it, I mean, at the end of the day, I agree, minus, because I agree, he should say private, I agree with him when he says private contracts, this would be solved by private contracts. And he's contracts. already gotten pluses, Paul Lusses twice before for the private contracts exactly. argument. So, so. so now you get a minus for it, because well, he had the caveat, but we should support Kim Davis, and you know, whatever. Yep. And we shouldn't. No, yeah, exactly. And, life, and, and the fact that he's waffling on it, it just... And Kim Davis doesn't work for, you know, Marriage License Inc. She's not a private company. Like right. you said, she works for a state government, 
And she got around it in a way by not discriminating, by not issuing marriage licenses anymore. But if you're not going to do your freaking job because of your religious convictions, you can't have then, the job. then ass- resign. I mean, that's the, uh, what she should do. I don't know if she's done that. I know she's like out of jail now. Uh, like, I don't want to see the woman behind bars for religious beliefs. I'm, you want to be religious and fine. Go do, go. She can be, a, she can be a new Hester Prince. She can have a big GM uh, red scarlet <laughs> letter. That's a hell of a reference right there. Marriage. I wonder yeah, how many maybe. of our younger readers are even going to, do they even make you read the scarlet no, letter? No, you know, I don't anymore? even think they can read the scarlet letter anymore because there might be micro transgressions in Microaggressions? There. Microaggressions, excuse me. Or they've been educated by our, our, our education system that's a producing illiterates, as you would system. know from our, my interview with uh, Alex Newman. Yeah. Author of The you, Crimes of the Educators. You can hear that that was uh, that was last was it Tuesday? Oh, I don't know. I'll link to it in the show notes. Don't worry. <laughs> when you're at, I usually know all my show numbers, but I'm at man. When you're, when you're fishing in the lake for like eight days, you just I think you it was episode one thirty seven. But don't quote. All right. Well, let's go with that for now. All right. So moving on. But wait, I want to talk about why this is a very important minus for Rand because he went into this oh, week. Oh yeah, past it was week. A pretty big. Yeah, he went into this past week's Rand PNM. When he usually look at three or four stories, he was only two Paul Lusses away from. <laughs> A mighty 100 Paulusses. We were going to have a party on this podcast. We were going to eat cake and have sparklers. And he only ended up, out of the three stories you covered, he only got one. He only eked out one Paulus. One Paulus. I did. Well, I had to we'll do get, the. Uh, yeah, we'll get to we'll the get, other. We'll get to the others. We'll yeah. talk about them all today. He got. He only got one Paulus. But we'll okay. tell you what the other ones were. Okay. So he gets he gets a minus for that from Ken Davis for both of us. So so what got him to ninety nine? He is still very close. Okay. So, so this so was something that's pretty much a slam dunk, but Yeah, this I mean it's a no brainer. <laughs> How here. could you mess this up? Talking about no brainers is uh, our foreign policy and Basically, you know, Rand Paul came on the Laura Ingram show, and he's responding to the fact that Dick Cheney released a book with his daughter, who I didn't even know was a foreign policy expert, but apparently she is. Uh, well, if you're the daughter of Dick Cheney, you're automatically you're born a foreign policy genius. She's been apparently. be-chaneyed as a champion. So the, this book, though, argues that uh, Dick Cheney claims that the withdrawal of American troops from the Middle East and from Afghanistan has led to the direct rise of ISIS. Now, Rand Paul called him out and said, that's total horse crap. You know, there, there's a lot of different factors going into this. And Rand before had called out ISIS as being created by the U.S., a standpoint with, which I agree with, which, uh, of course, you know, Ron Paul agrees with. And that's basically based upon the fact that, you know, ISIS has been, you know, well, let's just look at the U.S. foreign policy in the Middle East for the last 50 years. There was this repetitive cycle wherein the U.S. goes in, destabilizes the region. Like, look at the destabilization of Iran. People think Iran hate us just to hate us. But we went in, completely ousted the people that were in, in command of that country, ousted the, you know, the, uh, the, the elected leaders. leader of that country. Yes, this is- ousted the elected leader, put in our own dictator, who then was overthrown. And they brought back the Shah. And we're, and we're supposed to think that they're going to be like, oh, America, we love you. Yeah. Ridiculous. So they did that. I mean, look at what they, they ousted Saddam. But they're which evil Muslims. The right. It's, it's, it's just because they hate our freedom. Right. That's stupid. So anyway, all these different destabilizations, and then you add in the arming of the troops, like, for example, when we armed, who? Al-Qaeda, to combat the Russians. And then we go in and we're arming the Syrians. Now, who com- who combined to create ISIS? I'll give you a hint. It was Al-Qaeda and somebody I just mentioned, the Syrians. I was going to say Lindsey Graham, but you didn't mention him. No. <laughs> Lindsey Graham probably was on the front lines of leading the, the attacks. So now, so they armed the Syrian rebels who were then combined with Al-Qaeda to become ISIS. So we did create ISIS. And their rise isn't attributable to America withdrawing from Iraq. Their rise is attributed to the last 50 years. So Rand Paul called out Dick Cheney and said that he has been wrong on foreign policy. The only thing he was right about 
was like, yes, in the past, Dick Cheney had said that we should not invade Iraq and that ousting Saddam would destabilize the region. So kudos to you on that, Dick Cheney. But otherwise, you're an imbecile who clearly... Dick has- Cheney gets a minus. Dick Cheney gets a huge minus. One for that and one what minus, is he on, his one sixth minus part? for every pellet he shot into a, it was shot into his chest when he was quail hunting or whatever. Oh, yeah. No, he shot a dude in the face. Did he Remember shoot that? somebody? I thought he was yeah. shot. No, oh, he, he shot a, a dude attack. in the face. Oh, that poor man. Reminds like, of, who um, lived, I, I believe. Reminds me of Army of Darkness when Ash shoots, uh, or yeah. no, the Evil Dead. No, so, Army. luckily, and then, I mean, this is just, uh, you know, I'm like, rambling now. like I said, a slam dunk. Rand Paul calling out Dick Cheney for his terrible part, fallen policy easily gets a... Paulus, double Paulus. So he's he's sitting at ninety nine, and the world is on edge. So you got one more story this week. Is he going to make it? We already kind of gave away. That he I didn't. know this is exciting. <laughs> this is like when Willy Wonka comes out of the chocolate factory, it's just and like you that. think he, you know, you're wondering, is he gonna? What's he gonna do? Is he gonna get to the gate? But guess what? Rand did the fall down, but unlike Willy Wonka, he did not do the tumble and get yeah. back up. <laughs> so what is your? What's this story? So, and what, let's talk about the grade here. An interesting. The last grade. story is that Rand, and this is an interesting one. Rand argued that more jobs would ease the heroin problem in America. So essentially, more employment would uh, have less people doing heroin and less people overdosing. Now, this comes from a, a recent study that came out that showed that heroin overdoses increased from 2002 to 2013, something like a quadruple the rate. Now, that's still a very small amount of the people, but they did increase. So Rand's saying, look, if we give people more maybe jobs... Maybe heroin's just getting better. Maybe it's getting fantastic. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I've got to try I haven't try. done it in a while, but... My guy's out of town. So Rand basically goes, look, if we have more jobs, people aren't going to do heroin because they're not going to have time. If you work, you don't have time to do heroin. Now, okay, I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I agree with the fact that you could get you know, more jobs. Yes, you could uh, have more people that are you know employed, gainfully employed, that are not going to be sitting around bored, you know, basically leeching off of the taxpayers and being on welfare or being on disability, which he goes into as well in the same interview that he did, saying that, you know, the welfare state and the disability state have gotten out of control, which they have. So, yes, if people are working instead of sitting at home and getting paychecks for injuries that are, that are made up, you're not going to be doing heroin. Fine, I agree with that. However, I disagree with the fact that just having more jobs is going to solve the problem. Because when you look at it, you know, the number of people that were using it was mostly white people. It increased across all income brackets. So you had a lot more wealthy people using it as well. So more jobs is not just going to solve that problem. Is this a roundabout way of blaming immigrants on the heroin problem? No, it's Immigrants not. are taking her jobs and then they're causing heroin. No, and then I mean, they're for- shooting those jobs in their veins. And then the people are using heroin because they don't have jobs. Well, you know what? <laughs> Maybe the heroin epic can create more jobs for immigrants because then the immigrants can just sell heroin. That's a whole other thing. Then they become rappers. Hey, That's how it happens. So <laughs> anyway, circuitu- circuitously... I gave him a push on What's up, Rails? We're about to jump off you. <laughs> Look, I'm sweating. My It's so hot right here in L.A., guys. Blaine, this beer is good because I think we're getting tipsy. We haven't even had one we're, we're getting tipsy, and we're sweating out all the liquid and replacing it with alcohol. It is about 100 tapping. degrees in Los Angeles today, for the and record. And it's easily 120 in this room. Yeah. We're yeah. full of libertarian heat right now. Because so, I value sound quality over our personal well-being. We are sacrificing for sound quality. Uh, so I gave him a push on it. I understand what he's saying, but I think he could go more in number. And what can he go more in attacking more so disability and how that, in my opinion, actually creates drug addicts because you've got people that are easily excited, get, get disability payments. Like no problem. You go in, you make up an ailment, you get it, whether it's real or imagined, if it's real, okay, you're on painkillers. Then what happens when they run out? 
you're desperately Heroin. seeking more painkillers. And that's and a real thing. And if people, thing. people get addicted to opiates from using Oxycontin and, and things like that, yep. then their prescription runs out or whatever. Obviously, they're only allowed to fill a prescription to a certain amount unless you're Rush Limbaugh and get like 20 prescriptions. Oh, uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, and then they a lot of them end up turning to heroin because right. it does relieve their pain and it, and it, it, and it relieves their the how hooked they are on the opiates, which they've already been hooked up, which they've been legally hooked on by the pharmaceutical industry. So, yep. So there, there are points to be drawn from this conversation, but we're the ones drawing them and not Rand Paul. Exactly. So uh, you gave him a push. You were nice. You know what? I'm going to give him a minus. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Wowza. Yeah, I know mine don't count in your official tally, but Either way, he on this show they do. Either way, Rand, sitting at 99. To I got 99 pluses, but a Rand probably ain't one. Tune in, well, tomorrow, for those listening on Monday when this is published. Yeah, trade secret just gave away. It's, we're not, we're not. It's not a live podcast, guys. Guess what? Uh, so yeah, that that was what Rand did this week, and um, yeah, maybe it's a nice format that we just covered one week's worth of stories because that might help the future announcement that may or may not be coming soon. Mm-hmm. It's coming. We just need to get organize some things. So yeah, yeah. Stay tuned for a future announcement about that. And uh, now the other thing going on this week, as as we discussed, we were hoping to get together for a drinking session uh, at Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor for the post-debate. We're not going to get to do that. We will get to the debate eventually, sometime next week. But in the meantime, what are we expecting to hear? Well, not what we're expecting to hear. What do you think Rand needs to do in the debate? Because, you know, clearly things haven't been going well if we're just looking at poll numbers. I mean, I don't even know how his fundraising is going. I don't think it's spectacular or anything. But, I mean, clearly he needs to make some kind of impact if he's going to move, at, especially because he's he's on the cusp. He's right in that, like, the 10th spot where they, he could get kicked out of the debate. So what do you think Rand needs to do to really step up and, and get some attention and get some people talking about him? Two things. Rand fits in two things that are mainstream for the GOP. Number one would be anti-war. Because even though we're talking about the GOP, there's a lot of neocons, there's a lot of people that want to still go to war with Iran. He's really the only one in the field that is anti-war, well, most of the time. And but Donald Trump was the only one against the Iraq invasion. Didn't you know that? No, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Rand Paul was all <laughs> and, for and Rand it. didn't speak up a bit. No, he was. Granted, he was, uh, you know, just practicing eye surgery and helping kids in Haiti even then. But yeah, he's busy. Yeah, so being, doubling down the fact that he's anti-war, that he's the only candidate that does not want to have just open, extended war with Iran. That's number one. Okay. Number two would be what about a closed short war? No. Just a little one? Just, tip, just, just, the, tip, a, just, uh, just little, the tip war? Just a little, just the tip. <laughs> we'll just stick the tip of our missile into uh, Tehran and then pull it out. We're going to across the border and... Uh, show, you, show you what we're dealing with and then yeah. pull it back. Yeah, that's all it is. A little unzipping of the fly. That's the Rand Paul foreign policy, just the tip. Yep. So, that would be great, though, if they just rolled up a giant pair of trousers <laughs> and just had a giant zipping sound and the tip of an ICBM came like, out. And all right, it was like, we're what? leaving now, but you, you saw it. Now we're going to put this monster away. You know what we got now. So, the second thing would be justice reform. Rand Paul is by far and away the leader when it comes to justice reform. He made all this time and outreach to engage the black community to try to get, you know, make inroads there. I saw him on the the Bill Maher show say the words, we need to end the war on drugs now. He said that. He said that on Bill Maher. Well, guess what? Bring it to the GOP debate stage because while the audience sitting in that audience might not cheer you, but they might if you pull it off. They cheered Ron Paul when he said, what are you guys all going to do heroin if we make it legal tomorrow? And right. they, they laughed and cheered and realized, oh yeah, no, that's stupid. Um, but he needs to bring that Rand Paul to the GOP debate exactly. stage. Even if it doesn't get, get him over on the stage, it will get him over with the general public and it'll get him, hell, he can't get much lower in the polls anyway. And you know, so. who's, and you know what? This debate, more than any other debate, maybe the first one too, 
gives him an opportunity for these platforms because Donald Trump is drawing in everyone. Everybody watches this because they need to see Donald Trump. It's the Trump Trump show. Even Democrats, Republicans, independents, I don't know if this is just Donald Trump blustering, but he had this whole statement where he said rates, advertising rates went from 5,000 to like 200,000 for for this debate. He's saying it's all because of him. And he's probably right. He's 100% right. And he's probably right. And he's asking asking CNN to donate the proceeds to the veterans groups, which I find a very crafty move. Yeah, that is. I don't know if he actually cares one way or the other, but he's saying, hey, I... I'm bringing you all this extra money by my presence. You right. should donate it. Screw you guys, because uh, I'm funding my own campaign, so I don't want to take any money from anyone. I mean, Donald Trump's got some... I don't agree with a word out of the man's mouth, usually, but he's doing some great stuff politically, aside from his actual position. Well, we, we can get into this when we do yes. our, our post-drinking LIL. Our Trump, our our Trump post, and Down uh, podcast. Our post-drinking. Now we're going to do a new show, a weekly show called Trump and Down. Trump or Down. I like it. Right? I we, love we actually it, actually. Because I don't think he's... I think he's sticking around. People might have thought he's a flash in the pan, but... Yeah, no, I, I think know. he's sticking around I don't think well. he's going anywhere. But we can get into that more deeply. We don't want to bore the people. They can... They can well, not that they're the bored. People. But they can come back come for on. LALDL when we're going to this a lot more. Everyone listening now is either not bored or they, like, nodded off listening and are kind of happy. Or hopefully they're Googling <laughs> this delicious beer and looking up on RoughtailBeer.com. Rough-tail beer. So we want to thank Blaine Stansel once again of the Roughtail Brewing Company because this was one of the most fun shows I ever did. And I have to think it's only because it's the first one we've been drinking during. That's the only I, that's the only X factor here. So. I just hope they don't black out and they find me on the floor dehydrated. Oh my god, I, we've been recording for three hours. <laughs> no, no, it's a normal length show. So yeah, so tune in uh, this coming Thursday. I'm going to be joined by a past guest. He's going to come back to further analyze not just Rand, maybe not even Rand at all because he's never interviewed Rand as far as I know, but we're going to look at the other GOP candidates that this guy has interviewed. And, of course, speaking of the Socratic interviewer himself, Mr. Jan Helfeld will be joining me once again to uh, to break down, not just the GOP candidates, but he's interviewed Bernie Sanders. Um, well, he might be the only Democrat he's interviewed. Biden, if he comes in the race, well, I know he's he's probably the best one you can grab. Yes. So, so yeah. I mean, his Bernie interview was like 10 years old. but So some of the stuff we're going to be going back towards. But he's been putting out videos, analyzing Donald Trump, all these things. So we're going we're gonna to have a nice little chat with Jan and, and break down some of these candidates. And uh, then the week after that, well, we'll do some other stuff. But we are going to plan another Libertarians in Living Rooms drinking liquor session discussing the GOP debate eventually. It just won't be, just won't be right afterwards. So any last words before we do a little sign-off? Um, Just say no. It's live fine. long. No, no, those are our last words. All right, guys. <laughs> until next week, guys. Until this Thursday, me and Jan Helfeld are going to talk about the candidates. Until then, folks, live long and, and live, live free. free. Free from the clutches of Kim Davis and her marriage licenses and Mike Huckabee's jailing. And her braids. And her braids. Those braids will wrap around your neck before you know it. I think she might be some sort of tentacle monster, to be honest. Number nine. Oh my god, my ear... Peace! My ear hole. Head of editing and mastering is John Dollar.